0: This past Friday we got to celebrate Sister Sandra's homecoming. And although she went to the Lord, to be with the Lord last week, it's a really difficult time, I know, for Pastor Bill and for his family and for those (coughs) that are grieving at the loss. And no doubt... As we live through life, many of you have experienced loss as well, close loss. And I say, the older that we get, the more we experience. Mm -hmm. The songs this morning that we sang talked about eternity, it talked about heaven, it talked about, they talked about different things that we can look forward to. Yesterday, I had the privilege of us going to a family reunion which which happens every year and my grandmother who's 99 is the last surviving member of her family in her generation. She's the last sibling and many there came because they may not have normally come but they came because they knew she was coming. And while we don't know what the future holds, she was, she's a realist, and she's very cognizant of the, of the fact. She said, this might be the last one that I attend, but for all I know, it could be the last one that I attend. We just don't know. <coughs> but I believe that as we get closer and closer each day, regardless of our age, I believe there is really and there should be a longing for what is yet to come. Many times, many people don't think about what happens after this life, but there is another life that is to come. That's what I'm going to talk about this morning. Homesick, looking towards eternity, looking towards eternity. There's an expression that I heard when I was young. And someone would say, I'm just sick and tired of this. I don't hear it very much anymore, but how many ever heard that? I'm just sick and tired of this. It would be used to voice a displeasure about an ongoing situation that wasn't what they really wanted. I'm so sick and tired of having to do laundry. I'm so sick and tired of the rain. Can't we just have one day of sunshine? How about this one? I'm so sick and tired of inflation. As a boy, I remember people saying, I'm so sick and tired, and, I would, and I'm would. i just thinking, why don't you just take a pill and go to bed, and you'll be well, and you'll feel better, and you'll get rested. Of course, I never said that to... Uh, anybody in authority over me that would have been bad Yes. more than anything else I think it was an opportunity for someone, someone to just feel freedom to complain about something over, over which they likely had no control how many know that it, you don't have to look very far to find somebody willing to complain you don't have to go very far at all um It's easy. Complaining is one of the easiest things to do. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. And before long, it can sound like a Uh two-year-old. I'm just being real. Journey's parents have taught her when she doesn't like something to say, I don't like that. And many times, if we're not careful, we can get into that mentality of saying, well, I don't like that. And we just want, you know, it's kind of like the old dog that uh, I heard about that was sitting on the porch. Guy came up to visit him and then this dog was sitting on the porch. And every once in a while, this dog would just raise up and go Roll, and lay back down. About the third time, the guy said, what's the matter with your dog? He says, oh, there's nothing really wrong with him. He's laying on a nail sticking up out of that porch but he's just too lazy to move, but he just wants to raise up every once in a while and complain about it. (laughs) If you really wanted to get anyone started, all you have to do is just put something out there and you'll get a bite. Here's an example. How much money did you spend the last time you put gas in your car? $68 yesterday. And I got another one to fill up today that's as empty as that one was. Or more. And, uh, you know, then like wildfire, everybody's going to chime in, just like many of you. It's human nature. Misery loves company. Anybody ever heard that? Misery loves company. Absolutely. I want you to feel my pain because I feel my pain. How would it be that if the, rather than express how sick and tired we are, that the people of God would really express how homesick we are? Pastor, what do you mean by homesick? By definition, homesick means longing for home and family while absent from them. Longing for home and family while absent from them. Anybody ever been on a trip and you got to the point where you just felt like, it's just time to go home. I mean, I like the trip. I enjoy the activities. I like it but I really want to get back home. I want to be in surroundings that I'm familiar with. I want to sleep in my own bed. You know, and and sometimes we can get so active on our vacation that we think, man, I just got to go home to get rest from the vacation I just took. It was relaxing, but you were just homesick for your, your surroundings and your family. As a follower of Jesus Christ, a recipient of eternal life, life forever because of God's love and His grace and His mercy poured about, poured down upon us and through us as we accept Him as Lord and Savior of our life. uh, We know we have to understand and realize that our true home is not here. This is not our final destination. This is not our final resting place. Although we have all kinds of modern conveniences that make life better. And I am thankful that we have modern conveniences that make life better. I mean, I can remember when I was a kid, I had to go all the way across the room, uphill, both ways, just to change the TV channel. And it was either for this way or to that way. Because we only had four channels. It was a big deal when we got channel number five. It was a big deal. Or you had to go adjust the rabbit ears. Or you had to go stand there, you know, and move it just a little bit. I know those of you under 30 have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) except for except for maybe our kids may know that they well, i 've got one under thirty one over thirty, they may know that because we were cheap, and you know not just cheap we didn 't have any money, we were broke, and we couldn 't afford the latest thing that everybody else was getting, so we were like one behind everybody else, you know when everybody was getting the the uh, nintendo sixty four we were getting the Sega Genesis I mean you know. We were just like, and then, and then the Xbox came out or whatever it was, the next step, and then we're getting like the Nintendo, you know. So um, it just, uh, but anyway, I'm glad for the modern conveniences that we have. But we must remind ourselves that there's more to our lives than what we see here. There is nothing that this world has to offer us as convenient and as modern as it is, that should make us so comfortable that we forget about our eternal home and our purpose in this life. We should never lose sight of that. We can get so enwrapped and engulfed into our daily lives that we forget sometimes about eternity. But it's a very real thing that we have to be cognizant of. In the old song, this world is not my home, it says, this world is not my home. I'm only passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Have you ever gone to a place and, you know, somebody can tell you when you go to a place, just make yourself at home. And, you know, I mean, you're thinking, you really want me to do that? Do you really want me to do that? I mean, because, you know, I mean, there's some things that I do at home that I don't think you want me doing here. And, but the intention is good. Unless you're home, you really don't feel quite at ease or... At the comfort level to do the things that you would normally do at home. And it doesn't matter how close you are to your host. It's just that way because it's not your home. That's the way we should feel about this world as our home. This is not our home. We shouldn't get so comfortable that we just forget that this is not our final place. The chorus goes on to say, Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, oh Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. How would it be if we had such an intense longing and desire for our heavenly home and it consumed us each and every day to the point where we're just homesick for that place that God has prepared for us, how would it be? Some of you may wonder, well, how, how can you be homesick for a place you've never been? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. How can you be homesick for a place you've never been? If you've ever built a new house, and we, we built the house that we're living in, and I can tell you with great anticipation the house that you've dreamed of, you've seen the blueprints, and you've 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 heard about how magnificent it is, and, and with great anticipation when that when that day <laughs> comes and you get the keys and you get to move in, but you're homesick for that place that you know is there, that place that you know that is just right, that place that you know is, is what you really want and what you desire. that is just something that you're looking so forward to because it is so wonderful. And I can tell you that as In the natural, as time goes by, things deteriorate. Things don't work like they did when they were new. The newness wears off. But may I tell you that we're getting ready to move in and there's a day that's coming when we will move into our heavenly home, our new home, and even though we don't know exactly, we've never been there, we don't know exactly what it's going to be like, but the Bible does give us some clues as to what it's going to be like. I want you to hear what the Bible, your Bible tells us about the new Jerusalem, which is, which is now in heaven, but it will come down as the city of God and what it will be like there. Revelation chapter 21 Verse number one said this, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne say, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell there with them. They will be his people And God Himself will be with them and be their God. And I want you to hear what verse 4 says because we're talking about the place where the saints of God will dwell. Verse 4 says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There is no sorrow in that place. There is no disappointment in that place. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. You want to get excited about a place. All of those things that you've had to deal with here on earth, the death, the mourning, the sorrow, the pain, the crying, all of those things are gone. They will not be apart. You think you can get homesick for a place like that? You know that there's a place like that. That you can, that has already been prepared for you? Absolutely. Verse 18 says The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate. The fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh crystallite, the eighth barrel, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Could you get that? One gate is a single solid pearl. Not a string of pearls, but a solid pearl. The things that we consider valuable here are made just as building materials in heaven. Each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold. I haven't heard lately but it's it's well over uh $1500 an ounce I think is the last I heard. Maybe closing closing to $2000 an ounce for gold. And here it's pavement on the street as pure as transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light. And the Lamb is its lamp. The Lamb is its light. Can you imagine that? Our finite minds have trouble comprehending the trueness and the glory of that place because we know light and we know dark because of the sun and the moon and the stars. And we're familiar with those things. But to go to a place where we get to experience when we gather together or when you pray in your prayer closet, when you read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit comes down and reminds us of just who Jesus is and just just in, inhabits our, our this temple, our, our body our, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes in and just just kind of uh, uh, ignites us just a little bit and lets us experience here on earth the presence of the Lord in a powerful way and I'm so glad that, I, that we can sense. When his presence is around and near. But can you imagine in this place that we're going to. This place that we should long for and be homesick for. As we look toward eternity. That this place is so awesome. That there's not sun or moon. There's not stars. There's no need. Because the Lamb of Christ. The the Lamb of God Jesus. Is the light that his presence. And the light of his presence fills the whole atmosphere and the whole environment. Verse 25 says, On no no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. Chapter 22, verse number 1 says, Then the angel showed me the river of The water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. This is a look toward our eternal home, but the most important thing is that Jesus will be there. Jesus said this to his disciples in John chapter 14. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. I've used this in funeral sermons. You've probably heard this before. How many have, can, can know that we can have troubled hearts? We can go through things that cause us to be troubled and cause us to be unsettled in our spirit. But Jesus put it this way. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. It's easy Sometimes for people at large to say, well, yes, I believe in God. But he's talking about more than that. He said, believe in me, talking about Jesus. He said, my father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And he said, I am going there to prepare a place for you. Now, how would it be you you, you're invited to somebody's. Somebody's uh, a place and somebody's house, and they say we'll we'll make a place we'll make a place for you we'll make a place for you, and you know depending upon the the folks that you may be going to see, and depending on the the house that they have could determine and would determine the kind of place that they prepare. There may be a place that's large, there may be a place that's small, there may be any kind of a number of place that they come, but what they have will be what they have prepared with you with love and care. They will do that in 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 the greatest way possible. They'll do that. But how many know that the place that Jesus has prepared for us is just right? He said this, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. You know the place. Where I am going. You see, in our relationship with Jesus, we should long for the closeness with Him each and every day. In the longer term, we should have a deep sense of longing or a feeling of being homesick for the time when we will see Him face to face in all of His glory in that place that He has prepared specifically for us in the new glorified body that we will receive. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, For we know that if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, talking about this body that we live in, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands, meanwhile we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, with that that heavenly dwelling, not just the place that we live, but the place that will house our spirit. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and we're burdened. In this life, you see, we have we have we have discomfort, we have pain, we have burdens. But because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. So that is what mortal may be swallowed up by life. And he says in verse 5, Now the one who fashioned, fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So there it is. What I talked about when God allows the Holy Spirit to just kind of infiltrate us, fill us up. It's a deposit. It is just a a small amount saying there is more to come. There is more to come. Hallelujah. That we can worship Him. We can praise Him in the Spirit. We can lift up the name of Jesus. We can sense His presence in our heart. And some some people may be skeptical and they say, well, Pastor, I just think you're talking about all these emotional things. It's not just emotional things. Let me tell you, God will touch the emotions and the spirit on the inside of every man and every woman who longs for his presence. Emotions are, yes, involved, but the spirit of man on the inside. How do you know that? You see, when we get saved, when we ask Jesus Christ to come into our hearts and lives, there is, there is a factor when the Holy Spirit reaches inside of our hearts. We don't decide just out of the blue, oh, I think I'll give my heart to the Lord today. That is so contrary to human nature. Nobody would do that without knowledge and without the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the the Holy Spirit is the active agent that draws to the Father through Jesus Christ. And when the Holy Spirit reaches inside the life of an individual with conviction, and says, I'm going to let you know that you need a Savior, and I'm going to pull you in. I'm going to draw you closer. I'm going to invite you to come. That same drawing inside of us that the Holy Spirit gives us to salvation is the same Holy Spirit that Jesus said will live inside you, will be a teacher, will be a guide. Now, how many know that unless you can have some kind of a sense of direction, some input into your life, you won't know what the Holy Spirit is saying. You won't know what God is saying unless you know that the Word of God speaks to us and the Holy Spirit can quicken in our spirit say, that's that Word that is for you. Anything that the Holy Spirit gives us on the inside in our spirit will never contradict the Word of God. It will always be true. What we sense in the spiritual walk in our spiritual walk with God is just a deposit guaranteeing what is yet to come. When we are homesick looking towards eternity, here's what we we will experience. In Revelation 19, verse 6, it said, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like a, like the roar of rushing waters, and a loud and loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah! For the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. How would it be that if we just rejoiced, we're glad and we give glory to the Lord? And he says, For the wedding of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. The bride of Christ, the bride of Christ, which is the church We have made ourselves ready and there is a wedding supper that is coming when we will sit down at a table in that heavenly place and we will enjoy the meal of all meals. I don't know what is going to be served, but I know this, it's going to be something that is going to be out of this world. It's going to be something that is going to be better than anything that any of us have ever had in our entire lifetime. It will be a celebration like no other. He said, fine linen bright and clean was given her to wear. Talking about us, the church. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Then he added, these are the true words of God. Can I tell you that you are blessed because you are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb as a blood-bought child of God. You are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And when you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you say, I'm so homesick. I'm looking forward to that place. And I'm reminded today that this world is not all that there is. That there is much more that He has prepared for us that is yet to come. We must live today, like this is not where we're going to end up. Live today, looking towards eternity. Why is that important? Why must we have a perspective of looking towards eternity? Because I'll tell you why. The number one reason is is because. We don't get complacent in our walk with God, and we fail to tell others who are lost and don't know. There are others that need to hear this gospel message that Jesus saves, that He's the only way, and we have to tell them or they won't know. They have to know. We've got so much to be homesick about final verse I want to share this morning as I close this message out is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage... One another with these words. Encourage one another. With these words. As we look toward eternity. With great longing and anticipation. Let just how homesick we are. Be seen by others. Let our lives. Reflect Jesus Christ. And how that. We are so living. In a place where we could go at any moment. I'm reminded of when the Israelites were told to go into their places of dwelling when they were in captivity in Egypt. They had placed the blood of the lamb, the Passover lamb, on the doorpost. And the death angel would not enter there. And they were told to eat the lamb together but do so with your shoes on and everything ready because the time's coming and I'm going to tell you just to go. When I tell you, you go. When I tell you, you go. It's the same thing. Now that we live in the New Testament times, the blood of the Lamb of the doorpost is the blood of Jesus Christ over our hearts, We ask him to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. And then we're ready to go. You're not ready to go without the blood of the lamb. Others won't be ready to go without the blood of the lamb. We must be homesick. Looking towards eternity and have the mindset that others need to know about God and need to know about eternity let them realize how important that Jesus is to us because we will see him soon it won't be long church and we'll be heading home we'll be heading home let's pray Father I thank you for your goodness and mercy I thank you Lord because of your grace and your glory I thank you Lord for the reminder God it's very soon and we'll be heading home There is nothing that this world offers that makes me want to stay. I ask God that you would cause us to have such a sense of urgency in looking with the long-term sight of eternity. Eternity is such a long time. Help us to be used of you greatly as others will be seen. Others will see you in us. I thank you for that. Lord, if there are those listening today that don't know you, all they have to do is say, Jesus, I believe on you for forgiveness of sin. I trust you. I believe in you that God raised you from the dead and I trust you as my Lord and Savior. That's all that is required. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing this song again, and then I'm going to have a prayer with our online audience, and then we'll have prayer in the house. A special need, you know the way to the Lord Jesus Christ. I just told you about that. Just believe in him and trust in him. Maybe you've got mountains that are so big. Can I tell you that Jesus is the answer? Trust in him, believe in him. Father, I thank you for those that are watching and listening today. And I ask God that you would just minister to each one. Each one, let them see. Lord, eternity is real. Jesus is real. And He's the one that we can trust in. I ask, Lord, that You would touch every life. The healing, deliverance come. I thank You for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're listening or watching, we want to hear from you. The most important things that you'll have that, you, that will help you in your faith is to read your Bible, pray, and attend church in person. All of those three things as often as you possibly can. And they will strengthen your walk with Christ as we go through uncertain days.